All right, Lobo, welcome to round two. We had a bit of uh, trouble the first time, but we're back. Just means that we'll have a better conversation and get into it more this time. Well, I don't know because we probably recorded the best podcast in the world, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if we can compete with it, but no, I yeah. guess it was just too much. Yeah, you got to wonder: is the universe kind of telling us, "Hey, world's not ready for that information yet"? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Would have, would have broke something. Yeah, that um, actually, I've been thinking about it for a while. Uh, what do you think in terms of the idea that the brain is a receiver because you know all of this information and opinions and everything that come to our heads that we believe are ours is really i think just uh like we are the conduits for the information and if you think about thoughts in general we're not cognizant or aware of where they're coming from um, we don't think I'm going to think my next thought now, you know, it, it just appears in the brain. And that's a concept that uh, appears in the conscious mind. It's a concept that I think is, uh, one of the first things you kind of learn when reading in philosophy and all that is that you are not your thoughts. You are not your emotions. You are not the, the running monologue that occurs in your head you are that which is responding to these bits of information you are that which is responding to the thoughts and feelings that pop into your head so do you think the brain or or us as a whole that we have any or i mean we don't have any control of our thoughts so what do you say to the idea that we are just you know receivers for this information that are coming to us from some other greater power or the universe or whatever you want to think of it you know it's actually really crazy the last time i did a really heavy shroom trip i had the same exact feeling i had this idea that i'm not actually here this that my body is some sort of receiver for consciousness and that i'm actually somewhere else and i come to this planet and i'm transferred here and i'm able to i'm this brain with that's connected if you look at the human body in like the most basic sense if you strip away the flesh it's just you have this like brain and like a spinal cord and all these like nervous this nervous system right and i'm like hmm maybe i'm maybe this is just like a receiver for a signal and i'm some, my consciousness is somewhere else and it's being down to here yeah. So, but I wasn't sure because i was tripping balls so i was like <laughs> i was like maybe yeah, i'm just talking gonna- you're always going to take those realizations with a grain of salt when you come back to reality. You go, hang on, was that is that actually deep or was I just fucked up? <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm just talking crazy, you know? But there definitely is some sort of shared consciousness, right? Like they call it the um, the beaver theory, where it's like a beaver builds a dam the same way in one place as it does across the world. And they've actually proven this, that like human beings tend to come up with the same inventions around the same time and so there's definitely some sort of shared consciousness going on because we all seem to advance at the same time so i would i would wonder sometimes if hey maybe the body is just a receiver and then our consciousness is sent here to fulfill some sort of mission you know yeah. um so it depends on what you believe it, it really comes down to what you believe what humanity is or what happens after you die if you believe in something like reincarnation it actually makes a lot of sense because what I've read from a lot of people that believe in reincarnation is that 
you are sent here and you're supposed to keep elevating your consciousness in every life until you are able to ascend to like this heavenly life state. And this is why they, or to whatever heaven is. And this is why they say that you should treat people well in your life, right? Because say I existed a hundred years ago and say I tortured someone in that life. Well, I might be born again and that person is born, is reincarnated with me as maybe an abusive parent. So it's like, and this is how they use this to explain why bad things happen to supposedly good people. It's like, maybe you can, you, I believe that maybe you have, or maybe you're intertwined with certain people. Like maybe your mother was your best friend in a past life, or maybe your father was your brother in your past life, or maybe your worst enemy who does something terrible to you was someone you did something terrible to in a past life. And that would actually explain why good things or bad things sometimes happen to good people. It's maybe they're paying off some sort of karmic debt from another life that they had lived. So these are the, I, I think about this a lot, you know, and this is why I don't want to treat anybody bad. And it's clear that people walking around are at different levels of consciousness. Yeah. You know, um, I, there's a book power versus force where I talk where that I've looked into all the time where it explains levels of consciousness. You can actually, measure these things by their vibrations. So these two scientists came up with a way to do it and they can find out what level thoughts vibrate at. You can even find out what level certain texts vibrate at, what level certain artworks vibrate at. And it's very interesting because some of the greatest books of all time, like the Quran, the Bible, they actually vibrate at a higher level than just your average book. So it's very interesting. So, but I do believe that this is a possibility. I'm very hesitant to say that I know what life is or like why we're here. I think it's very ignorant when people, because people ask me like, hey, are you religious or do you, do you believe in God? Do you believe in, you, do you follow like Christianity? Do you follow Islam? I think that the correct answer for why we're here or what the, the right answer is, is I don't know. I'm not sure. I think that anybody that thinks that they have the solution and the answer for why we exist, how we got here, like the chances of you being wrong are extremely high. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm, and I come from a religious background. My parents are like pastors. They've been pastors my whole life at big church and stuff like that. And like, I've been, I was indoctrinated in Christianity from a young age. And so it's interesting because I, even though I rejected the Christianity, I, and over the years it's come around to where I almost have the same exact morals and behavior as my parents, which is really interesting, you know, but um, I think that anybody that says they know exactly why we're here or exactly what life is, then the chances of them being wrong are close to 100%. So I'd like to approach the world with an I don't know mindset and I'm not sure. You know, people ask me, do you believe in God? It's like, well, what do you mean by God? We yep. have to define God first. Which God before I can tell you the thousands of gods that exist? Right. It's like, what, what do you mean by God? It's like, do I believe this is the highest form of existence? No way. I refuse to believe that. I don't even want to believe that. Yeah. I mean, whether or not, like, no one has the concrete answers because no one that we know of has died and then come back to consciousness with any kind of reliable memory or whatever. If you believe it's like, that's when the distinction of heaven and hell or whatever occurs. But I was actually writing about this today, uh, the idea that heaven and hell are just 
states of being, uh, mindsets, and almost like a, a reflection of how you live your life. And this makes sense in terms of the religious teachings that whether or not you believe in a certain religious structure, there are life lessons or ways you should live your life that are, I think, pretty good to assume are correct as in only telling the truth, never doing harm to other people, treating people with compassion. They're the constants that you see across all religions. And I think in terms of bringing a state of heaven in your mind, in your waking life, those are the things that you can do. Uh, never taking things personally is another thing. What other people do is not a reflection of you. And you can champion this cause and think that, oh, they must have said that because of me or done that because of me. Whereas you don't realize how small a role you play in most life, most other people's lives. They're not thinking of you day to day. They're not paying attention to you. If they are, uh, then it's for a fraction of their entire waking life. So not to take things personally, like people can invite a lot of undue stress and everything into their lives by taking things personally to create this hell state of mind where you're consciously, constantly um, defending this image that you have that you want to project to other people about what kind of person you are or more accurately the ego is. Uh, that None of that is real. None of that construction is actually tangible. It's just this concoction that you have in your head that's a result of wanting to portray a certain image out into the world. So you can really, by doing these things, create a, a life in your head where it is hell. You're constantly abusing yourself. You're constantly judging yourself for not living up to these other expectations that were given to you by society and how you should or should not act. And just expending that emotional energy means you have no uh, energy left to work on yourself or just appreciate the things that are good in life. So I think there is a some sort of quote moral framework that we should adhere to in terms of being good to other people, being good to ourselves, uh, telling the truth and being honest with ourselves to bring a state of heaven, which is just peace of mind and an appreciation for life rather than constantly being in that negative mindset of hell and you know, wasting a lot of time and energy because of that. Yeah, right. Like heaven and hell can be physical places on earth because it can be created in your mind. You can live in these if they're states, right? You can live in these states while you're here. And it's funny because my parents are very uh, strict with how they practice their religion. And I always ask them, you know, I was like, hey, what happens if you live your whole life devoted to this religion, behaving a certain way, and then you die, and then heaven's not real. My dad told me, he was like, well, at least I would have been a good man. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, all right, you know, that makes a lot of sense. It's like, okay, well, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen in the end, so it's like, well, why not just be a good person while you're here? Why not just help people? And it's kind of like what we talked about last time, right, with the four agreements. It's like, you, people don't say or do things because of you. You would like to think that everybody's thinking about you, yeah, uh, they're really not. They people say and do things because of the type of person that they are. They don't do it because of the type of person or that, that they think that you they are. are, right? Or that they or that they think they are. It's like and, and and people are so quick to accept other people's opinions of them. It's like no one knows you better than you know yourself. You're the only person that's been with you your whole entire life. 
You're the only, you've been in your brain, in your body since the day you were born. So if anybody can should be able to define you, it's you. Can't let anybody else from outside tell you who you are, what you are, or what you're supposed to be. And, I, and we even touched it on this last time. It's like your negative opinions of yourself don't naturally occur. I don't know anybody that ever just naturally thought something bad about themselves. Every, pretty much every insecurity, every negative opinion you have of yourself came from either someone telling you something and you accepting it or you comparing yourself to someone else and then feeling inferior in that way. But you don't have to do that, you know? So it's, it's really interesting. I, I, and I'm not perfect, you know? Sometimes I'm an asshole. Sometimes I, I don't believe that. My parents are kind of like the people that treat everybody really nice and try to treat everybody the same way. You know, I'm a little bit more spiteful and a little bit more petty myself. You know, um, and you know, maybe I'll pay for that, but I know for a fact that I won't let anybody tell me what I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to think. Um, I've always been like that, and I tell people all the time. It's like because people ask me for advice, like, how do you operate? How do you think? Like a world. One thing I do is I don't listen to anybody. I don't let anybody tell me what the right path is. I don't let anybody tell me what I have, what I'm supposed to do. You know, like not in a sense of like, I don't take anybody's advice or anything like that. It's just, I will not let anybody else define me, tell me what my path in life is supposed to be. This is why I could never pick a job or um, why I struggled in school so much or why I struggled following something as simple as a mask mandate. It's like I can't allow I can't allow other people to define the way that I'm supposed to live. The only thing that should matter to a man is what he believes in, and then pursuing that with a reckless abandon. So, you know, I know there's people out there that if you if you have an insecurity or you have a negative opinion yourself, you have to go back and deconstruct that and figure out when you took that on. You know, maybe someone said your nose was ugly when you were little, or some girl said, get away from me because you smell or something. You, when you were a little kid and then now all of a sudden you, you keep this negative opinion yourself. It's like, why focus on the negative when there's so many people that have said positive things on you, against you? And, and that's another thing that people need to be conscious of. You know, I have, there's a rapper, Lloyd Banks. He once said, fuck living positive when negativity spreads faster. And that's absolutely true. It's like negativity is stronger than positivity. And because... What happens is, the, the truth is, is 99% of life is positive because you're alive, mm -hmm. right? So because you're exposed to positivity all the time, it's so much easier to spot the bad things. Like you don't yeah. notice the fact that, hey, I'm taking in a, a breath right now. You don't, you don't notice the fact that if you live in a first world country, even if you don't have money or you're struggling to pay the bills, the chances of you starving to death are like extremely slim. And usually people that are in bad situations still have like a roof over their head. They still have like people that care about them in some way, yeah. you know? So it's like, we're actually surrounded by positive positivity. Most of life is actually good, which makes the negativity stand out so much more. Yeah. So it's a couple of things there. The negativity one, I think is a relic of a biological adaptation that we have as humans is because Yes, you can have positive things in your life and it's great, but the negative things that used to happen if you go back to the hunter-gatherer times or the caveman times is if you rolled your ankle uh, 
you were fucked and you couldn't hunt for a few weeks you know that was a greater influence in terms of your the natural selection is that you might not be able to eat for the next few weeks you may not be able to give food or provide to your family so our brains are calibrated such that we value in lack of terms for a better word uh, we value the negativity much more highly in our brains and it has much more weight and we have to respond to it much more and avoid negatives and be aware of them more because back in the day, it meant we didn't survive. Now, in like you were saying, in a first world country where our survival is pretty much guaranteed in a way because we have the safety nets available and you know, avoiding like catastrophe or accidents, other than that, the chances of us dying are pretty slim if we roll our ankle or couldn't, can't hunt or whatever because we have supermarkets and things. So the human mind is calibrated to uh, respond to negativity a lot more, but it's not necessarily... like That's why people focus on it more when you can see the positives in your life and everything else. Uh, it's just a, you know, a biological adaptation that we have to be aware of. You know, We are at best, not at best, but... We are monkeys that have been given this higher level of consciousness and awareness, but we still have all of the trappings of a biological organism that reacts on instinct and fight or flight and all of these things that animals do. And we just, we tend to ascribe like greater meaning to those impulses than we probably should on the whole. Yeah. and, And that reminds me, I don't believe in pure positivity. I actually think that pessimism is quite functional. You need it. Like, yeah. But the thing is, is pessimism has a negative connotation to it, but it's like you use it every day to survive. Like, Do you look both ways when you cross the street? That's pessimism. Do you put your seatbelt on when you're driving? You know, that's pessimism. Like, People don't understand that. It's like That's why I say you should think with pessimism, but act with positivity. That's what they mean by prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. You have to be yeah. conscious that life is very real and bad things can happen to you. Yeah. It shouldn't stop you from proceeding to do things confidently. Right? So it's like we're in this world where it's like either people are extremely negative about everything or they get overly positive everything. You can't positive think your way out of every situation. Right? Like I've never seen someone positively think like manifest a million, a million dollars right in front of them. Like you have to work for those things. You have to know what the drawbacks of everything are. And then you have to be like, okay, this can happen. This can go bad. But if I proceed with the right attitude and I proceed with the right confidence, things can go good as well. So it's actually, you need both. And I think the problem is, is people get, they read a book like The Secret, right? And then they're like, oh my God, positive thinking is the answer to everything. And it's really, it's like, no, it's like, you need a balance. You need, you need to have both perspectives. You need to know that life can be very, very hard. And life and, it, and actually the crazy thing is if you live life in a hard way, life becomes very easy. If you live life in an easy way where you, you don't really try and you don't give it your all, life can become very difficult. It's actually just intertwining in everything. It's like the things you think bring you pleasure, like just sitting around all day, maybe watching your favorite Netflix series, eating your favorite junk foods. You think those things bring your pleasure, they actually end up bringing you pain. Yeah. And the things that are painful, like discipline, focus, 
know, working out every day, preparing your meals, um, having integrity, honoring your word. Those things that are difficult are actually things that bring you pleasure in life. So negativity, positivity intertwine, pleasure, pain intertwine. This is the duality of life, as above, so below. You know, this is the esoteric things they talk about in books like the Kabbalion, things like that. So I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, we, we're in a really polarized world where it's like everybody's on one end or the other. It's like there is a gray area. You know, nothing is, I say nothing is black and white, but the colors themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so just quickly, like that discipline, Jocko Willick famously said, discipline equals freedom. You know, it does suck to, well, the thing is with working out and things, I love that. So I, I can never really say that you know, it sucks to force yourself to work out. Uh, but let's just say the discipline to study, the discipline to, you know, work hard at your job or do these things you might not necessarily want to do because you want to relax or chill or whatever. The discipline to do that means you end up with the physical freedom to enjoy your body and do things without pain, the physical, the mental freedom to pursue what you want and live the way you want because you have worked hard for the last five years to achieve that. So the discipline that you think is like limiting you, your day-to-day -day life, if you have the wrong mindset, that discipline is what's going to end up the freedom for you to, the freedom from the mindset of like, oh shit, I, I didn't do enough or I wasn't committed to this goal. The discipline of working out and prepping your meals and all the rest of it means you have the freedom to enjoy your life and enjoy your body down the line. And that applies to everything. <clears throat> right. Like, yeah, it, it gives you the opportunity to enjoy the pleasures more when it's time. Yeah. Like, there's, exactly. The pleasures are great when you don't have to feel guilty about them. Yeah. And they don't hold you back. You know, there's a there's a famous quote. It's like, it's only an addiction if you can't afford it. You know, <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. So, you no, know, I, I when, feel that. when you get to certain places, like if like it's okay. I can like me personally. Like I may have a cheeseburger every now and then, or like when my girl comes over, I may eat whatever. Right. But it's like yeah. I've worked so hard in my life that if I do that, I'm still gonna wake up with a six pack tomorrow. So I don't gotta feel guilty yeah. about it. Yeah. I don't really got to think about it. You know, it's like, so you want to work hard to get that to where they are so that you can actually enjoy things guilt-free. You know, too many people are celebrating before they get to the finish line. Like get to the finish line first, get everything squared away first and then celebrate. My dad always told me, he said, when I was a little kid, he was like a minute of misery for a lifetime of luxury. Struggle now, feel pain now. So that when you when it's time to enjoy the things in life, you can. And you know, I'm I'm 31 years old now. I think 31. Yeah, I can't even remember. But <laughs> I'm, I'm 31 years old now. So it's like, but I've worked to a point where it's like I can enjoy things. It's like I got the rest of my whole life ahead of me to do what I want because I crushed myself in the beginning. You know, from from 20 from 20 to now to like 27, I put the work in. So now it's like I can enjoy things. I don't have to worry about it. And to be honest, that's something I had to learn because I was stuck in that, like, yo, you got to go hard. You got to go hard. You got to go hard every single day. And I wasn't able to ease up until I got around people that were much further along than me. Yeah. And then I was able to see in them that it's like, okay, well, life isn't just about crushing yourself. It's also about experiences. And if you get to a certain point in life, 
you're, you're supposed to get to that point to allow yourself to have more positive experiences and not have to experience the negative so much or the, the not even negative, just the hardness. Right. So I think that everybody needs to understand it's like you have to work, put a little bit of work in first and it's going to suck. But afterwards, everything's going to be great. And you can it's, it's the difference between just enjoying things when you don't like people like to want to live a lifestyle that they haven't caught up to yet. It's like, if you're not at that level yet, don't live like that. Wait till you get to that level and live like that. And it's going to be much more enjoyable. You know, because if you, if you live like that now, what's happening is you're out of alignment and your subconscious knows that you're not really supposed to be doing these things yet. And so you're going to feel guilty about it. Right. But when you know that you work for it and you're there and it doesn't hurt you and it doesn't actually hold you back because you've already done so much, you actually really get to enjoy those things. So that's something I think about. Yeah. I would just say another thing is that with the whole like hustle grind mentality, when you are putting in the work, you know, that's just, let's say that's a significant part of your life that you say, okay, I'm going to grind now. You could get hit by a bus five years down the track and all you've done is grind, hustle hard, you know, pushed away your relationships and, and everything else. And I think there's a balance there that some people don't see in that you can work hard within the day and progress yourself as long as you're committing on a daily basis to the things that you need to progress and also still live within that constraint. You know, it doesn't have to be if I'm work, if I'm not working hard for 20 years down the line, then I'm not worthy or I'm not doing it right. I think <clears throat> that you can allow yourself to enjoy and to relax sometimes if within that period of the day you have done some work and you have, you know, done some study or whatever else that it is. Because I think if you commit 100%, you know, it's the duality. If you're always in the mode of struggle, grind, everything then it can lead to, you know, maybe you have high cortisol for your whole life, so you're not recovering properly. You just, your mindset can never relax. You can never shut off. You know, the traditional life of humans is you get up with the sun, you put in the work, you hunt until midday, and then you chill a bit because you've done the work and you can re relax and rest and all the rest of it. And then you enjoy the fruits of your labor in the evening. It's kind of the daily cycle is almost a corollary of the life cycle. So I think it's good to frame these things in terms of the, a day-to-day -day basis. So I'm going to have some time for work and maybe that makes up the majority of the time. Uh, but then there is also capacity to relax. The greater idea of when you're working, work. When you're relaxing, relax. Some people, they're stuck in, you know, they flip between one or the other. When they're working, they're like, man, this sucks, bro. I uh, wish I was just chilling on the beach right now. And then when they're relaxing, they're like, fuck, man, should I be should I be working harder? Should I be writing more? And of course, if you're doing, you know, relaxing more than working hard more is probably not good. But I think there's a duality in that. And that ends up being uh, making your working hours more productive because I think you think, okay, now that I'm going to work hard, I'm going to push myself because I know there's some relaxation coming at the end of the day. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, that's it. It's prioritizing, right? It's like making the main thing the main thing. So there's a really good book on this called The Powerful Engagement. It's like when you're working work, when you're playing play, 
Like, it's yeah. very simple. It's like, you know, like whatever you want to do, be fully engaged in it. Mm-hmm. When I'm at right. when I'm at jujitsu practice, I'm at jujitsu practice. I'm thinking about jujitsu. When I'm reading a book, I'm reading a book. I'm not looking at my cell phone, right? Yeah. When I'm responding to people online, I'm responding to people online. That's what I'm doing. It's like if I'm gonna be present, you know, like that's it. And so, man, I don't know why you're doing this podcast for free because you're <laughs> you're giving people bombs here. <laughs> But, yeah, you know, it. that's what we do it for, you know, so whatever you're going to, whatever you're doing, do it fully and prioritize it, prioritize your day when you get up. And it's so the amount of work you actually have to do to be successful in this today's world. It's, it's not even yeah. hard. We don't, have to be, fuck all. we don't have to do backbreaking <laughs> stuff, man. It's just it's like computer work. It's, it's not hard. It's tedious. It's a huge difference, right? Like there's people working in coal mines. There's people like yeah. working back break, literally literal backbreaking jobs, right? It's like yeah. what we have to do to be successful in this world is it's even hard. It's just little tedious things like organizing, uh, responding to people, writing things, sending emails, sending emails you know, setting up a site. Oh, like, no. Yeah, right? Like none of these things are actually hard. So it's like get, get remove the hard definition for your mind because – we're not really grinding like that anymore. It's just the world doesn't work that way. So it's like yeah, everything you need to do is easy. It's just tedious. So all you need to do is just wake up every day, know what you need to do, focus on that, get it done, and then you can relax. You know, me personally, I'm by 3 p.m. every day, I'm done with everything. Yeah. And I can just do whatever I want for the most part. Yeah. You know, like I, I get done at like 3 or 4. I go to the beach. I start drinking kava. I chill out, jump in the ocean. And me and my homie walk around for like an hour and a half just talking about BS, you know, yeah. and then maybe I'll hang out with a girl or do whatever. So, but at like 3 p.m., I'm already done, you know, so but that's because when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, okay, let's get this knocked out the way, get it done. And this is how I can enjoy my life. Yeah, I think um, that even th- three to four, three to five hours of work a day on what you want to progress in is enough. And obviously that takes a while of maybe you're working a regular full-time job that you're just collecting the check. Uh, It requires a bit of strategizing and putting in work outside of that to get to the point where you can maybe set up a business or whatever so so that you can work a few hours a day. But once you can get to that point, it's, it's almost like a, what's the word? like setting yourself up to be a martyr that like, oh, I'm working so hard all the time. And maybe the hours that you're spending on work is not really productive. So you're actually just wasting a lot of time because you're, again, responding to, or you want to protect this image to yourself that you are this massively hard worker. Whereas if you actually looked at it and took a step back, just focusing, you know, chuck your phone in a drawer and don't get distracted smashing that stuff out and then you don't feel guilty at the rest of the day and allowing yourself to relax and allowing yourself to enjoy life i think is uh maybe people don't feel that they deserve that and they always have to be working hard and again comes back to the agreements that they've been given to other people you know you're not a good person unless you're working 12 hours a day because that is a relic of our previous society that 
you have to work in the coal mines or have to work on a farm all day every day otherwise you don't survive now that's not necessarily the case and that's maybe that is a one of the reasons why we have a few problems in our society is because people don't have to work as hard to survive but being attached to the idea of working to the bone when you don't, we don't really have to um, is is kind of silly in my opinion yeah you know um, you had to prove that you're hustling to anybody yeah you know like there's no like no one's gonna come and like give you a trophy for saying that like you like went for like 24 hours straight and you you know, like it just doesn't work. If you really actually timed your focus on things, you would be surprised how much work you don't actually put in. Yeah. Right. Like that's why people people are like um, people are trying to get rid of the nine to five, and it's because the truth is, is that nine to five for most of it, you're not actually doing any work. Yeah. Like going taking bathroom breaks, bullshit, and what the coworkers things like that. But let's for a second, let's speak on like jobs, right? Like. If you are somebody that's working a job and you're trying to hustle out, like I'm going to tell you from my personal experience, don't quit your day job too early. Yeah. Don't quit your day job too early trying to think that you're going to hustle up because I did that and because I, I started a, I started like an online business, right? And as soon as I made like my first couple thousand dollars, I was like, oh man, I'm going to quit. I quit my job, walked out of my job. It was a bad decision. And... The reason it was a bad decision is because I took something that I was doing for fun and that I was passionate about, and I made it a matter of life or death. You know, it became about survival after I quit my job because, like, I hadn't replaced—I hadn't fully replaced my income yet. Like, I made a little extra money. I was like, "Oh, okay, I could do this. I can—I can triple this next month." It don't always work like that, right? So it's like, and then what happened was, I leave, and now all of a sudden. This thing that I enjoy doing so much is no longer enjoyable because my survival depends on me doing it. Mm. Right? So people get caught up in that. They get caught up in like, oh, should I quit my job? Should I drop out of school? It's like, man, the benefit of having a side, you don't even feel the benefit of having a side hustle if you quit everything. Like the side hustle is better when you're still working a little bit, you know, and you get to build it out and take your time with it. And then maybe you can exit I wouldn't exit until I at least, I wouldn't say even match my income, but like almost double my income. If you can double your salary off what you're doing on the side, then leave. You know, don't wait until you, don't jump the gun on it because what's going to happen and you may end up in a situation like I ended up where I was living in my car for a couple months because I left too early because I made a little bit of money, you know? So, and I think that's a, part of this culture too is everybody's like oh you know um quit this quit that drop out of school quit your job it's like man do those things in time when you're ready to do it you know i had somebody message me i'm not going to say their name on here but people would know who it is and they message me he's like man i see all these guys hustling you know i'm in school right now like he's an athlete in school he's like should i drop out of college and i was like well how much are you paying for school? He's like, I'm on a full ride. I was like, don't fucking drop out of school, man. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Enjoy the social experience. You know, meet people, network. So if you're one of those yep. people that's like, you're a kid, you're in college, maybe your parents are paying for it. Maybe you're on a scholarship. Don't listen to these guys. They're like, oh, drop out. You don't need to drop out then. 
only time you drop, you shouldn't go to school is when you're not doing something that leads you into, look, if you want to go into like law, like science, you need to go to school. Medicine, Medicine, you need to go to school, right? Like that's just, you have to. Anything else, I would say go into the economy and collect money. But if school is for free and it's not really costing you anything, you're not going to end up hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, then it can also be a valuable experience. You can meet a lot of people, you can meet a lot of girls, and you'll have a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, like, I mean, you finish it when you're like, what, 21 to 24? You still got the rest of your life ahead of you. So you have to be really careful with falling for hustle porn. Yeah, that's a big one. And touching on college itself, uh, I have done two degrees at college, a bachelor's and a master's. And, you know, whether or not what I learned was that was like explicitly applicable to what I'm doing now is probably not true. But who knows whether I would have ended up where I am if I hadn't gone through that. Um college was one of the places that I met my best friends that I will have for the rest of my life. And I made so many connections and relationships with people that will inevitably not to view it as like a transactional thing, but will benefit me for the rest of my life as well. Because I know someone who's going to be a lawyer. I know someone who's going to, um, you know, work at a hedge fund kind of thing. And that's a supremely underrated, um, benefit of college that if you're young, and in college and not really vibing it, then just get everything out of it that you can, you know, meet lots of people, network, like you said, Uh, it is also a a part of your life where you have relatively few responsibilities and some of the most free time you'll ever have because you're not working full time yet. So enjoy that. Don't necessarily wish away a supremely beneficial and enjoyable part of your life because you read online that it's worthless for these people that maybe they didn't have a successful college time and they didn't experience all that it has to offer my advice would just be if you're in college get good marks that's the very first thing you know no matter what you're studying uh if you come out of it with a high distinction average uh you're showing an employer that you can commit to something study hard and that at least you're at a base level intelligent and the higher the marks are the more that communicates it not to say that your marks in college are the be-all and end-all, and a lot of employers don't look at that. Uh, it's more of kind of an in-person thing. But as a young person, you don't have much experience. You don't have many connections. And college is one of the ways that you can have that on your resume because you will be working for people at least to the start of your life um, to gain life experience, to gain work experience, which then you can apply to other things and learn the lessons that will enable you to navigate the world uh, more appropriately. Yeah, I mean, that's 100%. If my business partner didn't graduate from Harvard and Columbia, I probably wouldn't be where I am. So, like, <laughs> you know, so like, <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate some of the people that go to college and, and, and get these things done because, you know, that yeah. other people going to college has opened up me opportunities, to be honest. So, you know, it all depends on your situation. You know, I think guys get online, they see one sort of piece of advice and they just forget that nuance exists. Yeah. Nothing's black. Like we just said, nothing's black and white by the colors themselves. So you have to look at everything in a nuanced way. And I think that's one of the things that people struggle to do is they they 
just read a quote and they take that quote, that one little quote or that one little tweet to heart and be like, oh, this is the, this is it. This is like the concrete. There's no concrete like um, way of operating. Everything is fluid. Everything's malleable. And you have to take advice. You have to reflect it back to your life in a way that is functional, in a way that works. You know, don't, don't be like, like, don't be autistic with the information that you take in and just be like, okay, this is my new operating system. Like, this isn't like physics, bro. Like, life is not like that. Like, it's not just like one set equation where it's like nothing's immutable. You can't change it. It's like everything is only as good as you can use it, you know, and, and apply it to your own personal situation. Yeah, it's uh, there's a, the idea of holding two conflicting pieces of information in your head, but being able to use both of them. Uh, there, I forget who said the quote, but uh, someone said that that is the sign of an intelligent or well-developed mind. Being able to see two bits of information that are seemingly contradictory, but being able to apply them in different situations. One example that I uh, bring up is that you have to believe two beliefs in order to succeed in life or two of many of course but these are two that I try to give out to people is that you have to think that you are capable of everything I can smash anything I want to do and I can succeed in everything I want to do but you also have to think that you know nothing and you are a a learner a beginner in everything and that you don't know anything so they might seem conflicting on the surface but it's more of a point of being able to humbly learn things as well as believe that you're capable of doing everything even though you don't have the experience yet that is the only way to proceed in life and i think there's a lot of conflicting things like that like another one is believing that overtraining doesn't exist i'm going to completely smash it in the gym i'm just going to go hard within that workout but then outside of that rest and recovery is key uh, I have to look after my body, I have to stretch and I have to take it easy. And yeah. you might think that they're conflicting because you take one and apply it to the whole of your life. But, you know, there's bits of information that you can use here, beliefs that you can use here to benefit you. And it is a question of using those when they're beneficial to you and discarding them at different times in your life because it is about that balance and that duality. Uh, and otherwise you're just going to be locked into this one track state of mind. You're not going to be malleable. You're not going to be able to adapt to other situations. Uh, and social media is, is one of the things like, Oh, but you said this months ago in a tweet, but now you're saying this. It's like, <laughs> okay, dude, like obviously use a bit of critical thinking and, right. and maybe I meant something else by that. It's like, fuck. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like Masashi. Take what is useful, discard what is not. Had to have fluidity. This is actually like the art of learning things. If you go into learning and thinking that everything is everything that you learn is immutable, and this is the permanent rule, it's like you're gonna have you're gonna struggle to adapt to things quickly. Adaptation is the key to life. We learned already. It's not the strongest that survives. It's the most adaptable. Yeah. One that is take able to take multiple concepts, hold them in their brain, and use both of them effectively. Yeah, we have this idea that a person is static and that's a i guess uh there's no staticness in life right that's another thing that people need to understand it's like there's no staticness in life you could work all your life and get to a certain point like and it'll deteriorate nothing is static even the solid objects you see in front of you are vibrating at a molecular level they're moving yeah yeah you don't understand this right 
So it's like nothing is nothing stays the way that it is. So we talked about like, and this is going to be one of those ideas that's conflicting, right? Because we talked about how, hey, when you're playing play and when you're working work, well, it's like, okay, when you're actually doing things, when you're taking time off and doing that, things like that, you're not staying in the same place that you're at. You're actually regressing. But so what happens is you just have to know how to manage that, right? You have to know how to manage it. Like say for instance, I used to, I used to train clients, right? And I used to train people. And they would come in, I would do these assessments on them, I'd interview them, and I would always ask them about their diet. And every fat person in the world would tell me they eat healthy. And I would just look at them and be like, <laughs> nope. no, there's no way, right? First of all, nutrition is, is, let's just get this out of the way. Nutrition is not opinion-based, it's outcome-based. Okay, remember that one. So what would happen is I'd be like, okay, so, you know, how often do you drink? And they'll be like, oh, only a couple days a week. I'm like, Okay, so just like on the weekends or something, and they're like, yeah, you know, I only eat unhealthy and drink a couple days a week. I'm like, okay, so two out of the seven days, so that's like a third of the time. 50 weeks in a year is 100 days a year is three months of the time that you're actually drinking and eating unhealthy. Yeah. You know, it's like, so you have to understand that. It's like, hey, those things do add up. So, and they add up more when you're not already where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So nothing in life stays still. You're either getting better or getting worse. And at the end of the day, you're always getting worse in a way because there's entropy. You know, Elon Musk said, always remember entropy is not on your side. Yeah. Life, you're going to break down, you know, like even me, like, hey, I just crossed 30 or whatever. It's like at some point, like my working out is going to go from me building things to me stopping things from falling apart. Yeah. And... This is the same way with everything. Like maybe a business will peak and what you need to do is maintain it. Maybe a relationship like, okay, relationship with my girl, the sex only gets so good, right? So. To a point. To a point. Just push back on that a little bit. Yeah. Just because I think the developing of the relationship and, you know, further learning what other people like or what, what your partner likes, what you like, and also... I think tapping into the energetic side of sex, which the Western culture and theory of it is that it's a very mechanical thing. You know, if you do this in the right direction, then you're going to make her calm or whatever. And I think that's uh, maybe limiting in a sense, uh, as I've kind of delved into more Tao philosophy and things like that. Uh, Anyhow, this is a small counterpoint, but go on. Hey, I 100% agree with you, actually. So I agree with you. (laughs) But like, you know... um, Everything, like, say physically, I may reach a peak with a woman. And when I do that, I realize I have to focus more on, like, our actual relationship. You know, everything reaches a point where it's like, you can't really get as, like, you can't get the same excitement out of everything if you keep doing it over and over and over again. Right? Everything has a limit. You You have to find new things to be excited about in life. Same thing with working out. Like, I actually don't like working out. I'm, I'm a little bit opposite where it's like I've been in strength programs and training programs since I was 13 years old going hard mm-hmm. you know so like working out for me is more of a chore but to mitigate that I have to find things to be excited about like it's okay now I'm looking at it like how does my workouts translate to being a, me being a martial artist 
Before it was like, how does my workout translate to my strength? How does my workout translate to athleticism? How does my workout translate to my aesthetics? Right? Like I, I change it so that I can get keep getting something out of it. Yeah. That's key. It's like variety is the spice of life. Um, I posted about this before is that people, again, maybe it's like the hustle mentality, whatever, is that the routine becomes the word of God and you can never deviate from that. And what that ends up doing is that you, your body doesn't receive the same benefit from the same workout for months on end. Same is that your mind doesn't receive the same benefit from the same experience every single day, which is a lot of the reason why I think people hate uh, full-time work. It's like you wake up, you force feed yourself breakfast, you have your commute, you go there, you bullshit, you write, you do your work, whatever it is, something you probably don't believe in for the most part. And then you come home, you, you're stressed, maybe you work out if, you're, if you are good and do that, and then you have your dinner and then you go to sleep and that's your day. And you can predict that that is gonna be your day for months and months and months and that's gonna to lead to years and years and years of the same existence and it all blends together. And something around that is to, I think, not be a slave to the routine, have the things that you need to do and participate in in order to progress, but also be able to be like water, have a little bit of flexibility within that routine because otherwise you're just gonna end up being monotonous. You'll become a boring person because of it and you won't really experience all that life has to offer. Right, like we're saying it's, it's not the strongest that survived, it's the most adaptable. So if you're in a routine where there's no adaptation, it's literally like anti-human. Yeah, we have an idea that the person is static, the person we know or we think we are, this idea of I, which doesn't exist, but that's another topic, that that's going to, you know, the person that we see today is going to be the same person next week. But that person can go through experiences, life-changing events that completely shift someone's perspective, completely shift someone's reality. Uh, and where they might look like the same person, they're not the same person. You know, change is constant in life. Uh, and to be open to that and enjoy it and embrace it I think is one of the massive mindset changes that everyone should try uh, and do. And we can get to that concept of I, because we kind of talked about that last time, right? And it's like, yeah, let's, everybody let's thinks they're this individual. Like they think they're so sovereign and like I'm me and I'm important. And, and it's natural to want to feel that way because as human beings, we want to feel significant, right? And I, I talked about this last time. It's like, you know, you're not actually yourself. You are a result of all the experiences you've had, which includes the people that you interacted with, places that you've been, the lessons that you learned, the things that you've done. Like for someone that's such an individual, you would be surprised that you didn't even name yourself. You didn't choose like the most basic thing about yourself, right? You didn't choose when you're gonna be born, you didn't choose what you're gonna be called, you didn't choose where you're gonna be from. Like somebody else chose that from you, for you. And you know, um, I talked about this last time. It's like, you know, you had two parents, four grandparents, eight great grandparents. 16 great-great-grandparents, 32 third-great-grandparents, 64 fourth-great-grandparents, 128 fifth-great-grandparents. You go all the way down the line, like the previous generations, the previous 12 generations, you need 4,094 ancestors over the past four to 500 years just for you to exist. And so you're actually those people in like, you've always existed in a sense because it's like your mom is born with all of her eggs inside of her. So as soon as your mother was born as a baby, it's like that some part of you was already there. Right. So it's like 
we would like to think that we're on these islands and that we are ourselves and we have this ego, but it's like, you really, um, we're just a collection of the people that are around you and what you've been through and the experiences that you had. So I always say it's like, that's why I say like the only people talk about, oh, white privilege and male privilege and all these things like that. The only real privilege is having good parents, parents that teach you the right way to be and set you on the right path, you know, and in today's world, we're lucky where you necessarily don't even need that anymore because I get reached out to by a lot of young kids, 17 to up to younger than me, 17, 19, 20, 21, whatever. And it's like, they didn't, maybe they didn't have great parents. Maybe they didn't have an older brother. Maybe they didn't have a grandfather that could go and walk them through these things. But now you're in a world where it's like, you have the access to everyone and they can reach out to people like me and I can still help them. So the only real privilege is having people that can help you and having people that can teach you. You know, but you have to get over this idea that you're this sovereign individual on an island. It feels good to think about, but it's like you actually concern yourself with people with, with people all the time. Even though you say you don't care, it's like, okay, well, why are you on social media if you don't care what people think? You know, it's like, wouldn't you just be like a hermit somewhere, like living on an island? You need other people to do things. You know, I don't know many ways you can make money on your own besides like, trading or gambling or like pulling some sort of investment that is just purely numbers based right like pretty much everything trading options right it's like everything else in life you need other people to do it and so you gotta get that out of this idea of being an island and this is coming from someone that is extremely introverted you know it's like I, I prefer to like not talk to as many people be on my own but it's like the fact of the matter is is that a lot of the things that I have in life came from me making great relationships with other people, not seeing myself as this individual unit. And a lot of my happiness from life comes from interacting with others because what's the point in having all these experiences and all these things if you can't even share it with anybody? Yeah, that's definitely key. Like the whole soul bra thing that's developed into the way it has would not be possible without other people. You know, I've, I've done my own personal work on it and there's a loose vision that I've tried to, well, not a loose vision, but a vision that I've tried to uh, enable, but it would 100% not be possible without the people around me, whether that's online or my friends or family that I've bounced ideas off of, asked their opinions of people that I respect or they've helped me out with setting up the processes of the business or all of these other things. It's like, yes, Solbrise is me or whatever but and a, a singular person but it would not be possible with just me and I think to separate yourself from the idea that you can go it alone in the world you know all the self-made millionaires and billionaires that we see as one person that's actually just a collection of the relationships they've made they've had business partners they've had people to buy the things that they've had to convince to sell to you know uh, the, the ego itself this idea that there's this I, and an exercise to do is who are you? Write this down. You know, what, what do you think you are? I am John. I am 32 years old. I am a Packers fan. <laughs> and you list all these things that are just qualities that you tell yourself as part of the narrative of the ego that 
isn't necessarily you. The ego is this tool that your mind uses to relate to the world. Because if there's no separation of you, how are you going to then fight for your survival or benefit your relationship? So it's just this concept of the mind that is a result of having to be an animal and survive in whatever environment that we uh, exist in. And the ego also facilitates love. And what I mean by that is that if there is no I, then there is no you and I cannot feel love or try and help the you that I see. So the ego is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. It's just a concept you have to be aware of that it's not necessarily what it purports to be and to use it for the benefit, um, you know, because if there is no I, then there is nothing really to strive for. Uh, So just to be aware that this egoic thing is a collection of the memories and the stories that you tell yourself based on the events that you've lived and the relationships you've had, not necessarily this concrete thing of me that you then have to defend if someone says something that offends that ego. Is that like, no, I'm I'm the Packers fan, therefore I have to get angry if someone you know, rips on the Packers and then you have, you know, that's probably 90% of the fights that happen in sports bars and things. It's like, oh no, you got to, you feel like you have to defend this image where that's not real. None of that is real. I mean, that's what happens with most of the issues today is that people tie their identity into their beliefs, right? So if you criticize their beliefs, they feel like you're criticizing them as a person. Yeah. Which is like, I I follow the narrative that I... I don't ascribe myself to many beliefs because I'm willing to die for what I believe in and my beliefs might change. So I don't want to die shorthanded for something that I may not believe for the rest of my life. You know, and so yeah, one thing that'll get you out of your ego is is getting yourself taken care of. Once you get to a certain point in life, you realize that your life like once your needs are taken care of, you've got your house, you've got your money, you got your girls, you got whatever yeah. it is that you desire, right? realize it's like man like there's nothing else to do in life but interact with other people yeah. right and so it's like I'm, I'm kind of at that point now where it's like i realized that like okay i've helped myself out so it's like as a, and, and i believe truly as a man your work is not ever done until everybody that you care about is living in a, a comparable way to you not necessarily every but like you know like your family, like, it, all right, like, yeah. how are you going to say that um, you're successful and you made it when you have people that you love that are still working for a retirement check? You know, to, yeah. to be a man is to be a leader. That's just the way I've always looked at it. My work is never done until I can get everybody in my family free and then get my and start helping my close friends. That's when my work is going to be done. Yeah. When, when all those people are independent of the system. Until then, I have work to do. You know, and you have to understand the level of impact that you can actually have. We talked about this before, but it's like, I learned through like Twitter. It's like, man, the impact you can have on people is a lot more powerful than you think. Don't don't underestimate it. Like, I got myself taken care of, but now I'm helping young men, right? And it's like, you have to understand that young man is adapting my mindset. That young man is going to go have a family one day. He's going to spread my mindset to his family. It's like through something as simple as just tweeting to people, you can have multi-generational impact. Because again, like I said, we're not these individuals. We're a collection of everybody that we interact with and all of our experiences. So 
when you learn to respect that, you can have a lot more real world impact. And so that's something that I'm fully embracing at this moment in time. It's like, I want to help as many people as possible. I want people to, I, I, like, I don't care if people steal my tweets. You know, I want people to steal it. I want you to steal my ideas, spread them as far as you can. That's great for me because I think the world will be better if more people were thinking like me. So good. Tell that other person. He's going to have kids. He's going to tell his kids. Those people may have kids one day. This is how you create multi-generational impact. This is how you actually create worldwide change. You know, so never underestimate that. Never underestimate the power of just like one simple human connection. Exactly. And I get messages like that. Hey, uh, Sobra, I've been following your stuff for a few months now. And I just want to say that, you know, I've got my sleep in check. Uh, I'm not cheating on my diet and I feel a million times better because of it. You know, I've told my friends about your page kind of thing. And it's that same networking effect of, if I can spread ideas that are benefiting other people and acting to lift the miasma of bullshit that a lot of people, most people spend 99% of their waking day on, then I'm doing my job. Whatever my job is, whatever my role is in that being that conduit of information for Solbra, you know, there is no Solbra. It's, it's just these ideas that are coming to me from somewhere. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but I feel that there is some sort of, or there is an impact of me sharing that. And that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. With social media, I think that's the best use of it. You know, if you're on social media and you're just consuming shit meme videos and, you know, sports fucking pages and all the rest of it, then that is a waste of your time. Full stop. But... If you're on social media looking to absorb the knowledge from a global network of people that you choose as your kind of role models, whatever you're interested in, whatever you want to achieve in, take the advice of people that have achieved what you want to achieve and learn from them. Um, you know, the, the all of the information that we have available to us now is greater than any of the greatest libraries that have ever existed in human history. So you'd be a fool to discount the biographies of uh, the great leaders and great warriors of our times because they have lived experience that they've then condensed into a book that you can learn from. And if you don't have the role models within your life and the good parents to teach you these things, go out, absorb information. Most of the stuff that I uh, has led to my mindset and everything, I've read in a book. You know, the great Roman emperors, Marcus Aurelius, all those people that have lived life at a, in, for all measures, like greater magnitude than we really have the capacity to, even though that's limiting in a way, but you know, we're not Roman emperors. We don't have all these responsibilities, so we're not gonna experience the same things, but you can apply those lessons that are available at, the, at your fingertips to your life, as long as you don't just get saturated in um, the cycle of just consuming information and never applying it because that's also another rabbit hole you can fall down into. But I think the use of social media for that is great. Um, making networking um, opportunities, like for instance, I'm gonna be coming out uh, with a supplement soon and that wouldn't have happened if it was just me. You know, it's, it's a relationship that I've built with someone on Twitter and now we can do this thing together. And that wouldn't happen without social media and you know Solbra wouldn't have happened without social media but i think it's important to again use the tools that we have available to us for your benefit and discard what's not useful what's not useful being the endless scrolling and 
uh, all the rest of it. Call it making a war with a multitude of counselors. So, like, me personally, like, what I do is I study the greats. I study Roosevelt, Masashi, Genghis, Seneca, all these guys, right? And when I need to get answers from something, like, I sit around and I sit around in my mind and I politic with them. And I kind of do, like, what would Jesus do with all of these people? And the cool thing is that all the information is available to you. So you can build this army of counselors with whatever people that you want. You know, I got Jocko Willick in my mind. When something bad happens, I say, what, what's going on? He says, good. And I'm like, okay, all right, good. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, like, you know, we have all this information at, at our fingertips. No, no one's ever had this. You know, and, and it's actually, like, it's the greatest uh, source of information ever, and it's the most misused source of power ever at the same time. And it's like, you can learn from all these great people that have existed, all their a lot of them wrote the information themselves. You know, Thoreau, Emerson, all these people, they wrote what they believed themselves. And you can go and sit and use these people as counsel. You can take their mindset, examine it, and reflect it back upon your own and see where they think differently or how they will react to a certain situation differently than you can. And this is what I do. So when you're, what you're getting, and like I said, we're not individuals. So what you're getting from me is a collection of these great people that have existed because I just studied them so much. And when I, I don't have a lot of opinions, I really don't I have a lot of facts. I have like, okay, well, this person did this and this is how they operated and they were extremely successful. So I'm going to roll with that. Right. Like none of most of my ideas don't come from me. They come from people that have used that idea and put it into play and prove that it works and it's effective. You know, I'm not I'm not in love with anything that I think for the most part. I'm, I'm in love with people with the, what other people have done and what other people think that have done more than me, more than I can. Like you said, more than I can even possibly do in this day and age. You know, so yeah, you have to understand that it's like it's you have all the greatest of sources of information in the world available to you. And, you know, even on social media, if you look up to people, usually you have those people access to you. It, it blows my mind sometimes that guys will look up to me and and I can provide all this information to them and then they'll DM me and ask me about a girl. You know, like it's like man, you have one opportunity to talk to me and ask me anything. Yeah. You know, so it's like you got to get your priorities straight and 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 know what you want. There's 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 big people out there with big ideas, big minds and you can use that to your advantage. It's like stealing. Actually, I go into the bookstore and steal all the time. Go in there, I read, don't buy the book and just leave, you know. <laughs> you have the opportunity to do this. So, you know, take libraries. Libraries for free right books. Library, don't even libraries for free, you know. So yeah, I go in the bookstore to read, learn what I want, dip out. If I like the book, I'll buy it. But um, you know, you got all these people available to you. I, I don't think there's there's only one information source that's probably greater, and that's the Library of Alexandria, but we lost all of that. But besides that, it's yeah. like... Who knows what was in that? Everybody, you can reach and touch pretty much anyone that you want these days because most people that are successful, they can't even get by without putting out more information on themselves because they get so they get flooded with so many questions and inquiries that they have to put out one solid piece of information so that people can access it, so... Don't don't take that for granted. You don't have to figure out everything on your own. You no, know, there's no situation that you've yeah. been through that 
somebody hasn't survived worse. I know, I know it's kind of cliche. It's like kind of saying like, oh, there are starving kids in Africa or whatever. Like, yeah, I get it. Right. Like, yeah. you know, like but there, there are. are, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like there, there, yeah. there are, there's somebody has had it worse. And, and on top of that, whatever you're going through, somebody's actually made it through to the other side, you know, or went through something tougher and still made it through. And it's like, don't be ignorant of that. Like learn from that person, learn what their mindset is. And sometimes like, sometimes you don't believe in yourself. So just believe in someone else. You know, like that, that's what I do. Like either a lot of people I feel like don't believe in themselves. So yeah, they need someone to believe in them, which I try to do, try to believe in people more than they believe in themselves. And if you can't find that person that believes in you more than you believe in yourself, then go find someone that you believe in that has overcome more than you've overcome and just ride with what they feel, ride with what they say and what they think. Don't worry about yourself and your negative thoughts, like ride with theirs and they made it through. They went through a harder time, and that's it. You know, so it, it's all there for you. It's all available for you. You just got to take advantage of it. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's that um, the concept of visualization um, being, you know, like you said last time, everything that we see on this earth and planet, everything that we can touch at one point existed in someone's mind and then they believed that they could bring that into reality so if you want to achieve anything in life you have to first believe in yourself and believe that you can achieve it if you're not believing in yourself then you're already taking yourself out of the race you're already shooting yourself in the foot and you have to put your hat in the ring in order to win and that starts with visualization that starts with an honest look at where you're at without any of the bullshit, without any of the reasons why you're not where you are because of this person or because of that event, that's just uh, bullshit that you tell yourself. If you want to progress in something, you have to think, okay, I have the capacity and the capability and the drive to do that. That's the first step. And then you can, once you have that belief system, you can work off that. If you don't have the belief system that says I can achieve that and you think oh I'll never be able to do that because I'm stupid or I don't have the work ethic or whatever then you immediately you're never going to achieve that it's it's so stupid and people cling to these beliefs because again it hurts the ego it hurts the ego to honestly look at yourself and think you know what maybe I'm not very far in this category because I didn't try as hard and I I went through this at uni you know like Getting the marks that I got, uh, I would think, you know, maybe I deserved better marks because I thought I was more intelligent than the marks reflected. But then honestly, if I looked at myself and took away the bullshit, it was because I, I could have studied more. You know, I was, in, especially in my undergraduate, you know, I'd, I'd skip lectures, I wouldn't study, and then I would smash out study of the first few weeks before exams. And that's sustainable to a point, but you're not getting the results that you want because you're not doing the work that you should have to achieve that. And that's a realization that unfortunately a lot of people need to come to because they're externalizing the results, they're externalizing why they might not be where they want to in life. And it comes down to removing that illusion and removing that limiting belief because otherwise none of it works. Yeah, it's so easy to blame other people. You know, I mean, that's, that's basically what the world is now. Everybody blaming other people. 
I can't I can't be successful because I'm black. I can't be successful because I'm a female. I can't be successful because all these systemic things are against you. It's like okay, look, maybe that happened like before like the nineties or something. Like yeah, I guess some credence to it before mm-hmm. then. But as soon as the internet came into existence, yeah. like all of that got crushed and thrown out the window. It doesn't matter anymore. You have a direct yeah. line to every single person in the world for the most part. Or everybody that can help you get anywhere yeah. where you want to be, you have a direct line to them. So I don't want to hear the excuses. Like in fact, I like to blame myself for things. I would say to myself, like, think about how far you got fucking up the way that you did. I made some terrible mistakes, right? And I still got to hear. Time. Right? Like I I truly believe that if you have a goal in mind and you just keep working towards it and you don't die, like, you eventually have to get there. You'll get there, yeah. You know, but if you want to blame everybody else for your mistakes, then you're never going to get there. Like, you have to accept responsibility for everything you have. And, and, and not only that, you sometimes you got to laugh at some of the stupid things you do. You got to realize, like, hey, like, I always tell people, like, whenever they're going through a hard time, right, it's like, Every single hard time you've been through, you didn't die. You're still here. So somehow you survived it. Yeah. Right? And it's hard to remember that when you're in the moment. But I make sure that I remind people that. It's like, man, everything you went through, everything you didn't think you were going to make it out of, every situation that felt terrible, every situation that made you nervous or feel embarrassed or whatever it is, at the end of the day, it didn't end you. You're still here, which means you're still in the fight. And so if you're still in the fight, you can still win. And the, the only the only loss is, is not trying and not being alive. That's it. Yeah, exactly. There's the saying, this too shall pass. Um, and it's probably, you know, an ancient saying, but it's the idea that whatever you're going through day to day, it seems so important and so massive, but everything that has been like that in your head you know you wake up the next day it doesn't seem as bad time passes the pain kind of falls away and you live through it and you learn through it you either win or you learn you know there there is no losing there is no failure really like there is a an expectation or a goal that you had and maybe you didn't achieve it this time but it's not the end of the world you know there's there's the issue or there's the idea that you can why didn't I not achieve what I wanted to do why did it not work out the the way I wanted to and I think that's an idea uh, an issue with having expectations on your life as well which you should avoid because when you have expectations you if something doesn't fall in line according to those expectations you experience cognitive dissonance and thus emotional stress and turmoil it can be as simple as You've set up a birthday party for the weekend and the weather's going to be good according to the weather apps or whatever. And then on the day of your birthday, it's pissing down with rain. And you go, fuck, oh, it's just so annoying uh, that the, you know, it's rains ruined my perfect day, blah, blah, blah. And you can spend hours with theorizing why, you know, it should have worked out this other way. But if you just had the goal of, okay, I'm having my birthday party on Saturday, whatever happens is going to be you know, whatever happens will happen and I'm going to enjoy it regardless. And maybe you 
have a bit of fun and you play a bit of football in the rain with your mates, you know, it's making the best of every situation. And when you have expectations as to how your life should proceed, you're just inviting kind of dissonance and thus emotional stress into your life and your mind. And taking away those expectations in your head is key to achieving a more uh, positive mindset or just peace of mind. Um, that's not to say that you should never expect anything and expect is the wrong word for it, but you should have goals. You should have things that you want to achieve and bring into your life and work towards them. But if you don't hit a certain revenue goal or number of subscribers or whatever it is, don't beat yourself up. That's happened. It's passed. That was a, a goal. It's an arbitrary goal. That's the thing. You create the goals and then if you don't achieve that goal, then you get angry and you beat yourself up about it and you judge yourself about it. None of that is real. Like it's have goals, have things that you would want to achieve too and you know, take the steps each day to do that. But don't be upset if life doesn't turn out the way you wanted or the way you believe because that's just a fabrication of the mind. I'll take it a step further. And that's some brutal truth. At the time when you feel like a cognitive dissonance in these situations is because you didn't actually do everything that you could do. Yeah. Straight up. When you leave everything on the table, you don't feel like yeah. that. You know? Yeah. It's doing right. your best. It, if you always do your best in any situation, then you're going to be satisfied at the right. end of the day. Like when you, when you fail something, and you didn't give it your all, like what's going to happen? You start making excuses. You start making excuses mm-hmm. for why it didn't happen. I'd never met anybody that gave it their all and that was just like, man, I just, I did the best I could and it went. I didn't get it that time. Yeah. So when you find yourself, in, and that happens. Yeah, it happens, you know, you're not going to win them all. And I, I mean, look at the sport like fighting, for example, no one retires undefeated, right? Like MMA, especially like no one goes undefeated, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to take your lumps in life no matter what, you know, and uh, it's not an indictment on you, but it's just, it's just how it goes. You, you need losses too to learn, right? So, but usually when you're in that cognitive distance states where it's like, oh, you're blaming other people and you're looking for excuses. It's like, cause you didn't actually give it your all. You know it, but you just don't want to accept it. And so you're judging yourself. Yeah. And punishing yourself. You know? because of that. So yeah, exactly. You know, like you find different ways of, or, or dismissing it completely. I say it's okay to punish yourself. If yeah. you know, you didn't do it all, all that you can do. Then you yeah. got to figure out internally what's going on and why didn't, why didn't try so hard. And then you got to adjust that the next time. But and when you usually when you put it all out on the table and do the best that you can, you're not going to feel that way. You know, like um, you can't trick your subconscious mind. Like most depressions, yeah. depression states and things like that, it's because you know what you're supposed to do and you're not doing it. Yeah. If you're really giving it your all every day, it's hard to get down. It's like, hey, I'm giving it my all every day. If it ain't working out, it ain't working out. But usually people that are feeling this cognitive business because they know their changes they need to make. There's no there's actions they're supposed to take and they're not doing it. No, this this You can't run from yourself. You can't you can bury it for as long as you want, but you still go to sleep. Yeah. You know, you still have times where you're not focused. Like your subconscious mind is gonna run the programming no matter what you do. So you can't trick it. You can't lie to it. So you can consciously bury things, but Things go aside. This is actually why I'm very careful, like trying to change other people. Because change is a, a painful process, right? Like, if 
I expose you to the truth, right? Your subconscious mind registers that truth, whether your conscious mind wants to or not. So you have two decisions when your subconscious mind registers that truth. You either have to make a conscious decision to accept it and change and go through the painful process of growth and change, which sucks in the beginning, or you bury it. And when you when you bury it, what happens is you're living your everyday and then your your mood and your expression and your starts to deteriorate and you're wondering why. It's because your subconscious mind knows you're living out of alignment with truth. So I'm very yeah. careful what I expose people to because not everybody's ready to change. If I if I expose you to something and you're not ready to change, that's eventually gonna get to you. When you when you wanna help people, like you, you usually have to expose them to some sort of pain and discomfort. They're either gonna have to change their lives, which is difficult, or they're gonna have to bury it and live with the fact that they buried it, which is also painful and difficult. So when you're feeling this way, you have to, you have to when you're feeling down, when you're feeling depressed, it's usually very clear that it's just because you're not doing what you know that you need to do. And the fix is executing. Taking action. Stop ignoring. Stop compartmentalizing. Stop burying the truth. Embrace the truth. Embrace the hard work. Embrace what you need to do and get it done. And if it doesn't work out, you won't feel bad about yourself. You'll feel much better just knowing that you tried. And and usually at the end of the day, when you do give it your all, it just works out. It's like, I don't know why. Maybe it's like that universal law of attraction thing that they talk about in the secret or whatever. Yeah. Right? But like... Yeah. For some reason, when you do the things that you're supposed to do, you put yourself in the positions you're supposed to be in. You talk to the people that you're supposed to talk to. Like, it just works. Doors open. Doors open magically. I can't, I, I, look, I can't tell you, like, some of the things that have happened to me have happened by accident. It's crazy. Like, yeah. I just. There are no accidents. Right, right. right. <laughs> you know, like, sometimes I just put myself in the position. Like, the person that helped me out the most was the person that I least expected. I put myself in a position like because one of my plans when I moved out of Miami was like I really only had one plan actually I had one plan and I did it off the mindset I, I I knew that your net worth determined your net worth so I went through my mind I was like okay what are the best places to meet people and I figured out that like yeah like a country club like a luxury gym um maybe a martial arts academy like I figured those are the best. I, I went through this like process where I was like, okay, what are the best places to meet like people that can help me and high important individuals? And I came to the conclusion that the best thing to do was to go train at a luxury gym, be a trainer there. Because so I figured all my Good all my move. clients would be successful and rich, and I would be able to talk to them every single day and influence them, right? And so I had all these clients that were like multi billionaires running all these huge companies. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is the person that's gonna help me. Like I'm, I'm out, I made it, right? And I'm, I thought that, and that's not how it worked. Like what really happened was one day I was sitting in the middle of, the, um, of an uh, assessment room in the gym at like 10 p.m. And some random guy walks in that I didn't really wanna talk to. I was on the computer looking at stuff. And he was like, hey, I need somebody to help me train. He's like. He's like, and we're going to be best friends, and I'm going to make you a lot of money. I was like, yeah, whatever, guy, because I have all these clients that are like way more successful than you, way more famous than you. Like, you don't know the fuck you're talking about or who you're talking to, right? And it's like, out of all the people that I tried to get to help me and I tried to, like, sell these ideas to, that was the guy that ended up helping me. 
and it was literally random, right? But it's just because I put myself in that position. So it's like, you never know what the one is going to, you don't know what the breakthrough is going to be. You can't plan it, but you had to, you had to put yourself in the position to, to succeed. And you just do that by doing the right things. Yeah. You put yourself in the position to see, succeed. It's for some reason, it just works out in strange ways. And it's going to be in a way that you don't expect. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you're never going to change your life just by sitting in your room on the computer. And that can be as simple as if you're getting out and being more social or joining the clubs that you want to, you know, pursue a new hobby or something, you meet someone and then they introduce you to someone else who then enables you to pursue a business path that you didn't have before. And it starts with, like you said, doing the things you need to do, uh, doing the hard things and, as long as you're doing that day to day, you can be happy within yourself, but it also is going to call the grander scheme of the universe coming into you. And, you know, if you have a positive mindset, you invite positivity into your life by being positive yourself and helping other people that magnifies and it multiplies. And whether or not you believe that there's like this God sitting at a computer going like, Oh yes, uh, John did really well today. I'm just going to send him a little freebie. You know, it's, it's, whatever the reason it doesn't matter because the results are if you're doing what you need to do then you progress in life i don't i don't need an explanation for everything you know you don't need like don't try to understand the universe and how it works like what they say the lord works in mysterious ways right so like you you don't know what's gonna do all you all i'm focused on is putting myself in the proper position to receive things not focus on exactly where it's going to come from. I'm just focusing on being open to opportunities, being open to meeting new people, being open to new solutions to old problems. And that's another thing. Speaking of old problems, like how you, one of the clearest ways to know that you're getting ahead in life, but you're not still solving the same problems over and over again. Yeah. Like if you're still solve, solving the problem that you had four years ago, you're not getting ahead. You know, a, a wise person yeah. solves something immediately. You don't need to, or a wise, like I say, a wise person learns from other people's mistakes. So you never even get into the problem, right? Like a smart person just recognizes the problem, but doesn't do enough to change it immediately. So if you're still dealing with the same things that you were dealing with three years ago, you're not moving forward enough. Take your big problems, solve them immediately. Get them out the way. I'm looking for new problems. I'm looking for new issues all the time. New problems are good problems. Old problems are bad problems. problem even being the wrong word almost is just like a problem in your life is something that can be solved and a lesson to be learned so embrace your problems embrace what they are trying to tell you the pain that you're receiving from them is a sign to yourself this shit's bad (laughs) do something about it you know like seeing the things that are negatives in your life as these issues that will never go away they will remain there but if you view them as something okay it's a problem i can fix it as long as i put in the required effort and analyze what works and what isn't then you can effectively change your life through that kind of process um let's uh shift gears a little bit uh so i'm sure you have heard the advice that women give to guys uh to attract women is just be yourself and a lot of people reject that inherently 
uh, because it sounds, yeah, just be yourself, bro. The wife will just walk into your life and that's not necessarily the case, but I think there is some validity to the statement to being yourself. If you are authentically yourself, you love yourself, you know what you stand for and you don't have any negative resentment for being yourself, that is inherently attractive to people. People resonate with the person that is authentically themselves, that doesn't ascribe to the social values. As much as the prevailing social commentary is maybe that guy's weird or whatever, everyone inherently thinks that they're like, they're jealous of the guy that can be themselves no matter what in any situation. So being yourself is more a question of inherently living the values that you have and attracting the people that if you are putting out an image of yourself that's not real, everyone else only has that image to go off. So they're going to judge you based on that image. But if you present what you really feel in yourself, then that gives the other people the opportunity to see if they also value your values or whatever. And as a woman looking for a man, then if you're projecting this image that isn't real, then you're going to attract the people that you don't want, get into relationships you don't want. But if you're honest with yourself and say, I want a relationship where we do this, or, you know, we interact in this way, then you're going to attract the sort of people that also align with that vision. So being yourself, I think is critical in women, even if, you know, I used to play video games too much, but I was never uh, upset or embarrassed of it as a kid. Uh, as a teenager and women respected that and you know probably I wouldn't say you know play video games to attract girls or whatever but because I wasn't upset or ashamed that I was playing video games I think that resonated with girls because they think oh you know even on a subconscious level this guy doesn't give a fuck what you know he's just doing him uh, and that is inherently attractive to girls so I guess what do you think about that and other comments on guys that maybe are attracting the wrong kinds of women in relationships and want to break out? And you're a gamer, son. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guilty, guilty, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, like, so, you know, um, yeah, when women tell you to be yourself, they mean that when you're like an extremely high value male or something, like, then they want you to be yourself. But like, look, I think it like this, like, yeah. I always say what comes from the heart is felt in the heart. I think you should be um, authentic person, but you have to also understand what attracts women, right? Like women are attracted to a guy that uh, is boring. That's number one. And they're not attracted to guys that are like B's at everything. I like guys that are A plus at something. So whether that be, you know, how you look, how much money you make, how funny you are, like they like an A plus Thing. so like whatever you're good at as a guy like that's the thing we'll eat first of all um the thing is is like why it's so important to be authentic with who you are as a man and what you want is that's because that's how you avoid bad relationships like i'm very upfront about yeah. who i am what I want from a woman how i want her to behave and because of that i can't even get a girl that's not like that because a woman like that it's not like that won't be attracted to me right so I think with the thing, yeah. and that's, okay. that's completely okay. That's completely like okay. I don't, I don't want a girl that doesn't like me for what I'm not. Right. So it's like, first of all, you need to figure out. Um, I think the biggest problem with guys, first of all, is that 
they're obsessed with this social media image women that are like have like a hundred thousand followers and hundred fifty thousand like these famous girls right that like um you don't you trust me when i tell you i live in miami bro like I, when i first came down here that's all i wanted and i got those girls and it's not what you want i promise you if you're on this side and you're listening to me talk like i promise you those aren't the type of girls that you want uh they don't have a lot of depth they're not as attractive as you think they are um and they're not interesting they're boring and basically just a burden to you and we'll have you walking on walking and talking on eggshells all the time that's not what you want you want a girl that you can be yourself with that's why sometimes now like when i meet girls i just send them my, i don't even really game them that much i just send them my twitter i'm like if they read everything i say and they're cool with me then they're gonna be cool you know <laughs> you know move, it's man. a bold move but hey like i'm the thing about me is i'm willing to lose them right i'm willing yeah. to lose them and, and and that's one thing i show every female i was like hey i'm, I'm willing to walk away it's basically negotiating right I mean, I'm, the way to be a good negotiator is being able to being willing to walk away from any deal. I'm willing to walk away from any female because the, the woman doesn't define my life. I know for a fact that any girl I date's life is gonna get better by dating me, right? Like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm taller than her, I'm smarter than her, I'm more interesting than her, and I usually have more fun than her. So her, her quality of life is gonna improve by being around me. I always say that my relationship with women is that of a mentor that happens to have sex with them. That's pretty much that's pretty much how it works. You know, I, I treat them like teenagers that need to learn things, and I teach them things and show them new things about the world, and I also swoop them. So, for me, I don't I don't see the point in um, changing who I am for a female because we kind of talked about this last time. But it's like men are inherently expected to provide and protect. Now, the definitions of those words have changed in the modern world, right? Like provide now isn't necessarily you taking care of her and paying for everything, even though some guys do that. And like, and when I'm with females, like I definitely pay for their dates. I pay for the things that we do because I'm a high value man and I have the money to do it. And, I'm, and if you can't, that's another thing. If you can't afford to like be going on like hundred dollar dates and stuff like that, or, ha or not necessarily that the date has to be a hundred dollars, but that like the opera that you may actually have to spend some money like you should be cutting down on your dating a little bit of stacking your money right because it, yeah well you, you want to be able to facilitate right, you want, that's that's a much better way of saying it. you want to be able to facilitate fun so if you can't afford facilitating fun like you need to actually go and focus on just raising your income and making more money right so because that's a part of dating now like there's it just is what it is um so I know for a fact that the girl expects me to be able to have the money to facilitate fun. I know for a fact that that's the provide part, right? And they've proven that with hypergamy and things like that, that women generally date up in terms of looks or financial status. Then the, the protect part is, is every time you're with a woman, she becomes your responsibility automatically. You take on the responsibility of another human because if you're walking down the street with her and someone tries to take her purse, like you have to risk your life to defend that, right? So because I know that I'm providing in a way by facilitating fun and I'm protecting because if anything bad happens to us, if someone breaks in the house at the middle of the night, I'm the one that has to get up. Because I know that, the woman has to comply to me. She has to adapt to the way that I am. Because if she doesn't, then she's not worth me providing and protecting.
So I think a lot of guys don't understand that because they see women and they're very attractive to them. And I didn't even get to finish what I was saying earlier about how you have to change. It's, it's time to start getting smart about what an attractive woman actually is. You know, like if a, if a girl's attraction is based off lip fillers, fake tits, fake ass, makeup, and filters and all these things, like congratulations on getting her because your kids are not going to look like that. You know, so like <laughs> you have to be very like you have to be very conscious of that. Like it's actually, it's actually really funny. It's like everything women wear is designed to uh, boost their attractiveness. I was like, I used to say that it's like if guys did the, use the same tactics as women to make themselves look attractive, we'd be walking around if we'd be walking around in Batman suits, like straight up, like big chest plate, eight pack abs, huge cup, like all this stuff, right? Like so. Right, you know, so like, yeah, exactly. So it's like you have to understand that they're playing visual tricks on you for the most part. And I would love to see everybody in this space get away from that look and like really uh, un- untrain your eyes to, because you've been trained to see that as beauty, and that's not beauty. You need to go to like Eastern Europe or South America and look at some of these girls that are just like they do this without makeup, right? And you'll see what actual natural beauty is. Not that beauty is the most. I don't like girls to wear I makeup do. Yeah, I do. anymore. Like I, I look at it and it's like, that's not real. You're just painting this face on your face. Like it's, why am I attracted to, you know, the pigment that you apply, which you then take off? Like it, it's just not attractive to right, me. I don't need that. I just need like a girl and it's not genetically fat, has a little neotony, which is like young features or whatever. Like, and that's it, like, you know, like, and then a good personality. So I would love to see guys get on train for that, but. I would also love the guys to see that you're objectively providing more value in the relationship. You know, P- Patrice O'Neill had used to have a good saying. He used to say, he used to ask women on the phone, he's like, how would you keep a man if you didn't have a pussy? You know, like, that's <laughs> that's the tough part for the modern woman to answer. I say the, the, the proper frame of a relationship, the proper frame is, A, that you're out of a mentor that also happens to have sex with her and b you might you make her life better she makes your life easier like that's the way it's supposed to be like i expose you to new experiences i expose you to new ideas i make you enjoy yourself i make you see the world in a different way in a more interesting way in a better way and what you're supposed to do is relieve stress for me so when i bring you food like you can cook it for me or when I've had a stressful day, I don't complain to women, which you should never do, because you can't yeah. emote like a female to females that just lose attraction to you, but maybe give me a massage or something like that, right? Like, I'm looking for ways, the woman should take stress off of me. I should, because women, like everything's an aspect of life that you have to figure out. You have to figure out your health, you have to figure out your wealth, you have to figure out your happiness, and you also have to figure out your relationships. So why would I want to be in some, or relationship with someone that's creating more problems like they're supposed to be solving the relationship problem and and making it so that hey like i don't have to worry about how i'm gonna have sex or procreate or things like that right so for me it's like yeah i like to see guys understand that you're providing all this value and like she needs you need to get really specific on what you want in a woman because of that you need to get really specific and and she needs to be able to provide you with the things that you want to that you want from her and on top of that you need to be able to walk away from her if she doesn't provide those things for you 
yeah um it's you know putting the put putting the pussy on a pedestal is a huge thing that uh guys do that you know that they accept and tolerate a lot of emotional turmoil or distress you know that expression happy wife happy right. life <laughs> i just cringe internally whenever i hear that i just want to slap them upside the head because you know as soon as you supplicate to the happiness of the woman or um you know same way for girls supplicating to dudes in a relationship it's like they lose respect for you um and once they lose respect, they don't believe that you can handle yourself or handle your life, then the attraction goes women, to... Uh, women um, don't want to be the most important thing in your life. In your life. They want your mission no. to be the most important thing in your life. Because that subconsciously speaks to them that you're a high-value man and that you're reliable. If you make her the main thing, then the main things are going to yeah. slip off, right? So they know that. And, and yeah. I tell guys, like, oh, because... Some of our like Twitter has kind of moved away from my game a little bit, but what you have to understand is that women are they naturally have game. They're like subconsciously have game, so men have to consciously work learn game to combat that, because women become aware of their sexual value at a very young age. Like as soon as they start physically, they mature. That's the thing. Um, society gives women youth and power early. At this at the cost of longevity so they get their they get their beauty which comes simultaneously with their power over men at a young age and they're conscious of that before you're conscious of like sexuality right because when they're 13 they're, they see their boobs start growing start having period all these things right so it's like they're already red pill they're already aware of the fact that from men their age to older are already looking at them they see, they see that at a young age. They're able to tell who's a confident man, who's... They, 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 like, it's like you can explain red pill concepts to women and they may disagree with you, but they see them and they recognize them. Like they recognize body language. They recognize tonality. They notice all these things subconsciously. So you have... Yeah. They just think that guy's... Right, exactly. They don't, they don't, they don't have a way to... He has his frame. Right. They don't have a way to explain it. They don't have the terminology and the nomenclature to describe these concepts to you, but they're recognizing them on a subconscious level. And because of that, guys have to have conscious game. You have to know what they're looking for. And so you, you, you have to understand that like they're a little bit more armed in this sense from the beginning than you are. And usually as a young man, you're going to make a lot of mistakes because of this which is fine because you're going to learn throughout the process, you know, and especially on this side where guys are willing to tell the truth that, Hey, women do like strength because strength is a masculine characteristic. I've never seen anybody see a strong woman and see and think that they're more of a woman. I've seen people see a weak man and think he's less of a man, you know? So Mm. you have to know that it's, it's okay to be masculine. You can't listen to, um, Women, the truth about women is unflattering to them. The, the truth that they want a man that makes decisions for them. They want a man that's strong and, and, and takes care of them and decides things and domineers over them. It, it, that's a very hard thing for them to admit because it's, it's unflattering because they have an ego, right? So you see all this propaganda pushing men away from that when that's not actually the case. Like... Well, it's also they've been programmed to believe that 
if they don't act like a man, then they are somehow less valuable. But it's like comparing apples to oranges. You can't say that if a female doesn't have the masculine qualities that she's less valuable because of it. That's just what a girl is. And the guy, if he doesn't exhibit some feminine qualities, then he's not, you know, he's not any way diminished because of that he's just a dude. Um, and breaking that conditioning that we've been fed through mainstream media and all the rest of it over the last tens of years that has been a biological and innate knowledge that all tribes and humankind have really known inherently it was only recently now that we've been you know pushed away from that it's like it's fine the girl is going to be a girl the boy is going to be the boy and they complement each other rather than trying to compete for um rather than trying to compete right yeah like i and that's one thing that i always well like i can't be with an argumentative woman i can't because i i really don't like arguing period with anybody like i don't I don't have time don't for have it. Time. It's like, okay, if I'm arguing with a man, if it's that serious for you, let's just fight, which is usually not that serious, right? And then it's like, if it's a female. <laughs> yeah, whoa, whoa, it's whoa. A, if it's a female, you can't fight her. So what are you arguing with her for? You know, like all you're doing is just yeah. all you're yeah, doing is just validating that you care about her opinion. So I don't argue with women at all, and I can't be with an argumentative woman. It's like she got to go be with someone that is. She's basically trying to prove that she's my equal, and she's not. You know, like I, the, the thing about men and women, is, right? It's like everybody's like, oh, men and women uh, are equal. It's like, okay, show me by which metric men and women are equal. No one can ever do that. Like, we're not. Yeah. No. Well, it's like, again, apples to oranges. An apple can't be equal to an orange, so the concept is right. It's like if beginning. you think that we should have equal rights or something, I'm like, okay, all right, yeah, that's fine. Let us have equal rights under the law, even though as men, we don't actually have equal rights under the law. I would say women want equality until this time take a man to court. And then they want to be seen as, yeah. as a lesser being, right? So, you know, there there is no yeah. real metric as to where we're equal, like we're taller, our bones are denser, or able to handle um, heat and cold better, or our death perception is better, our situational awareness is better. I mean, even IQ, like, if you look at the IQs, it's like men have more guys on the lower end of the, on the spectrum, but when you get to the higher, you're at... High like, variability. They say yeah. women give the world less... Um, they give the world less idiots with fewer geniuses. So, like, you won't see a lot of women yeah. on the lowest end of the IQ spectrum, but at the highest end, you won't see a lot of them either. So even there, we're a little bit different. Now, if you want to argue that we should have, like, equal rights or whatever, cool. But the fact is, we're not the same. You know, we have different chromosomes. So yeah, and but th that distribution applies to everything, um, especially the whole uh, equal earning. You know, the feminist movement tries to say that there aren't enough women as CEOs. But if it was a morally correct argument, then they would also be saying. There are not enough women garbage truck drivers, but you don't see that, you know, it's just a fact that across the distribution angle, women tend to group more towards the average and men are higher, more numerous in the higher percentiles, but also more numerous in the lower percentiles. All of the most dangerous jobs are done by men. All of the, the highest you know, workplace deaths occur in men because that's a fact. Uh, 
a fact of our biological reality is that men are more expendable on average. The woman has more biological value in that they can produce offspring. One man can impregnate many women, but one woman can only, you know, carry one child at a time. So they are inherently more biologically valuable. And that carries through to a lot of the societal makeup that we have. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just, it is what it is. And seeing that and trying to ascribe some grand, like, patriarchal evil to it is not the case. Right, like, if there was only 10 women left in the world and all men, humanity wouldn't survive because each woman can only be pregnant at one time. But if there was 10 men and nothing but women, humanity would survive because one man can impregnate multiple women per day. So this is just the way that things are. And it's like, men are inherently more vulnerable in life. Like, most of the homeless people are men. Most of people commit suicide are men. Um, and this is, a, this is why I get annoyed when women are like, oh, be more vulnerable. It's like, I'm a man, I'm automatically vulnerable because nobody's going to take care of me. Nobody cares about me. Like, it's like, if you're 30 years old and you're asked out on your own, it's like, you, as a man, you can't go home. Like, some woman can just go home and her parents will take care of her or some guy will take care of her or something like that. As a man, you're automatically vulnerable. You're being vulnerable just by trying to get women. Because why? Because you, you have to expose yourself to yeah. rejection just to get a female. Right, like women, and that that enables the upper end. You have that higher risk, and thus, as a guy, you have the capacity for the higher end reward. It's just a law of the universe. Right, so it's like I think guys have to be, get comfortable with this and embrace it, so they can enter relationships with the proper frame of mind and know that the only women that are for you is the women that will comply with what you want. Now, at the same time can't be like 35% body fat broke living with your parents expecting women <laughs> to just comply with you it doesn't work that way you know women nope. said women don't wait for you to go through your process they just wait at the finish line to fuck the winners like that's how it works yeah you know and and that's how it has to be because that's how we have to be able to reproduce the best people should be reproducing so you can't actually blame them for the way they are and I see a lot of guys will get that. They'll take this red pill concept and be like, oh, I hate women, right? I don't hate women. I love women. That's why I try to sleep yeah. with so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, seriously, seriously like, if, like, if I'm not working or grinding, I'm trying to, I'm trying, or meditating on my own in some sort of active measure, active way, like going to the beach or, or taking a walk, like, I spend the rest of my time with females. It's fun. It's, fun. It's, it's calming. It's energetic. It's like it's like having a companion. Like I tell these girls, like they're like a little Pikachu or something. Just like following me around. You know, <laughs> you know? so like and I, I like I like that feeling. You know, but it only the relationships are only good when they're in the right frame. I see too many guys that are just miserable relationships getting dragged around a grocery store or a shopping mall by their girl. I can see the I can see the pain in their eyes. Oh, the crazy. Man. You see, it's actually the, the crazy thing is you see the pain <laughs> in both of their eyes. It's like the guy yeah, yeah, yeah. feels terrible and the woman feels complete disdain. Like a woman hates you when you're weak. You don't like it. They become detested yeah. with you, and then that's yeah. how you end up getting screwed over, and that's how you get all these passion crimes and divorce rapes and things like that. It's because you had some guy that thought that the most important part of the relationship was making her happy. So you're going to take her on, you're providing everything, and, they, and you're supposed to make 
her happy? Like, no, it's got to be the other way around. And you got to be able to walk. You got to be willing to walk away at any moment in time. You can't you can't um you can't look at the media and all these things that portray men in a negative way. Like just like they portray men as being incapable of handling their children. That's the complete opposite of what I've experienced with anybody as a father. If anything, kids are more compliant around their father than they are around their mother. And more in line because that male presence is more threatening and more domineering. You know, that's why there's a saying, wait till your dad gets home. Right? Because a, a woman can't um, display that same sort of aggressive. I mean, by the time a kid's like 10 years old, he can already like beat his mom up probably. <laughs> that's just how it works, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you got to understand that. Like, I just want guys to understand what you bring to the table and to walk through that. But you have to have something to bring to the table at the same time. You can't just be yeah. talking it. Like, I feel like a lot of guys around here saying all these things about girls and they can't really back, they can't really back it up. It's like, you got to be high value. You know, and... That's the other issue with taking advice from anonymous people where the anonymity thing, uh, obviously I'm anonymous as well, but it's, you can never appropriately validate that someone knows what they're talking about. Uh, obviously you can to a point if, you know, they post their physique, so you know that they must know something about the gym or whatever else, or the information you're, that they put out works for you. So you go, okay, hang on, this guy might know something, but taking advice from purely anonymous people, especially about this topic, is you don't know whether they're just theorizing from their basement or something. So always take that with a grain of salt uh, and the real life experience is always going to trump whatever you read on the internet. You know, the anonymous conversation is an interesting one. Because I see the yeah. benefits of it and I see the drawbacks at the same time. It's like we kind of built the internet the wrong way where you have to sacrifice your identity and your data to be able to communicate with people. Right? Where it's like that exposes you to a lot of things. Like that can expose you to the cancel culture of the world and like all these hate mobs and things like that, right? Or just like governments being able to yeah. track where you are, shut down your bank account, shut down your channel. Like it's very easy for people to, to trace you now. So it's like, it's weird because it's like if you're really smart and understand technology, you want to be anonymous. But if you really want to impact people it's also better to be transparent so i try to do like a little blend of the two like I, i'm anonymous but i'm not right like people have walked up to me in the middle yeah. of the street and like yo lobo right and i'm like yeah yeah for real really yeah <laughs> so like you know like <laughs> if you do enough research you could probably figure out who i was but i don't expect people to do that yeah. so like I can throw that out there and I'm not really worried about it. Or I'm not even, I'm not actually worried about people finding out who I am at the end of the day. Um, yeah, you know? that's the other thing. If you're authentic and expressing yourself and you truly believe in what you're saying, then you should not experience any fear. Um, and I guess that the financial one is the main thing. If someone feels like they have to censor themselves in order to keep their job, that is a unfortunate circumstance of, you know, cancel culture or whatever. You can't, vocalize things on social media because they are inherently left dominated uh in the power structures that create them if you don't fall in line with those views and your tweets catch the wrong eye you can lose your job and you can lose your 
ability to provide and that's the other benefit of having a side hustle or having a business or whatever that you are your own boss it's like no one can tell you to do shit or adhere to a certain scribe of values that you don't personally believe when you're your own boss and that alone is worth you know hundreds or thousands of dollars in the income that you might temporarily give up the funny thing being if you're working on your own business that scales more than any full-time job that you might have to censor yourself for so it is a question of initially striking that balance between keeping anonymous so you you're not fragile in a sense and you couldn't lose your income by building these other streams of income whatever that may be even if you're selling stationery to a, a company you know when you have that autonomy that itself so freeing and so spiritually strong for the male that I recommend everyone, no matter what that is, is just get a handle of your own finances to the point where someone can tell you to fuck off and you're like, all right, fuck you too, bro, right. you know, and, and not be able to have to worry about that. In the, right, like the new thing today. is being uncancelable. You know, like if someone docks me or whatever and put all my information out, you can't cancel me. I can't be fired, bro. I don't work for nobody. I don't work for nobody in like four years. Yeah. So, but, it, you know, it does worry me because like I'm, I'm coming out with a shoe company soon. Right, so I have a barefoot shoe company coming out, and it's like I saw what happened, like Colty and some of these guys with like the vibration and like people trying to dox them. You know, and I was like I'm a little worried about that, but I haven't, I haven't, I'm across that bridge when I come to it and try to figure it out. So there are some things like if you got to be, it's weird, right? It's like if I wanted to drop a barefoot shoe company and leverage my audience, I would have to let people know that I'm the one of the people that owns this company in a way, right? So. You know, there can be some yeah, risk to it, yeah. even if you want to do a big business, but I'm okay with taking it personally. Um, because at the end of the day, I think it's more important that I build authentic connections with people. And if and the people that hate me, I'm okay with them hating me or not liking me. You know, I, I just care yeah. about the people that I connect with at the end of the day. And that's kind of like, I never really got on Twitter to, um, I didn't get on Twitter to make money. I didn't get on Twitter to teach people how to get girls. Um, I actually got on Twitter because... I felt like it was the only, it was, I saw what was happening with free speech. And I felt like this is the place that people were pushing against it the hardest. And I felt like that's where the fight would start, or, or at least the last little bit of resistance was. And so that's why I got on, because I, mean, I wanted to end that fight. I wanted to be one of the people that were pushing back against all of the censorship and hyper-liberalism and things like that. So I guess I, it, it comes with the territory, and I'm willing to accept anything that Yeah, and the thing with that is the whole idea of the silent majority. Um, you have a very small number of people who are very vocal that will be the ones to try and cancel you online because they have these deeply held beliefs that they ascribe to their identity and if someone else doesn't adhere to that, they feel threatened, so they attack. The vast majority of people in the world have the beliefs that are that we inherently feel is true and right you know as far as percentages of people there are a percentage of people that truly believe that you know personal responsibility you should be able to say what you want uh, we, we should protect the things that enable this kind of society and free form dialogue um, and that's what most people believe but because you have a small vocal minority of people trying to cancel who have an exorbitant in uh, have a relatively high amount of power within these social media structures 
then it can seem like a lot more people are against you than really are. It's because of the, the way that the social media is set up that you don't feel like you should uh, say the things that you do. And that's why you see some accounts who tell it like it is. They don't give a fuck whether they are financially sound or whatever, or they just don't give a shit. They're the ones that are real and they're the ones that have their own authentic voice. They're the ones that grow because people see through the nonsense of just, you know, adhering to the flavor of the month, social dialogue, whatever that is. And being like, yeah, guys, I agree with you. You know, don't cancel me. That stuff doesn't, uh, last long term, And that isn't, it doesn't come from a place of authenticity. So even if you are trying to build a Twitter or whatever you're trying to do in life, I think if you build something and it not it doesn't come authentically from yourself, it's never going to be valuable or succeed long-term because you are not directly aligned with what you're working on and that's always going to result in internal uh, turbulence and that's going to end up fucking up whatever you're trying to work on. So yeah, you know, I've been yeah. thinking about this a lot. And like, I feel personally I have a responsibility to say what I believe. Um, I, think, I think part of the... I think part of the reason why we got here is because they they've scared men into not being men like we've lost a sense of pride like all i don't care all i care about it doing is what i believe i don't care what the consequences are of that like i've had multiple interactions with police and stuff since this whole pandemic thing started about mass and everything like that and i'm like i won't do it because i don't believe in it and had police officers threaten to arrest me. You know, like, it sounds stupid, but I'm willing to go to jail over something that I believe in, right? So it's like, what the one of the greatest tricks of today's world is, is to trick men into thinking that their survival is more important than what they believe in. Like, nobody would, no man operated like that throughout all of history. Like, if, if guys are gonna, the reason why all these companies can do what they want, well, Part of the reason why they can do it is because the number one consumers in the world are women. So they can tailor to women specifically what they believe because they spend more money on business than guys do. Right? That's like the root cause of it. But at the same time, if guys are going to pretend they don't believe in the things they believe in, not say the things they want to say to protect a $50,000 a year job, then yeah, we're fucked. Like, yeah. if it only takes someone threatening some little small amount of money for you to nut up and freeze up like a bitch then it's like yeah we're in trouble man so you have to if you're a male out there you got to think about that like if you're a highest performer at your job and your job starts telling you to do some woke shit that you don't believe in and you're bringing them in money like you got to be willing to walk away from that just like the relationships it's like you gotta guys gotta nut up man you gotta be a man and be like hey either you believe in something or you don't and everybody's got their different line in the sand to draw raw right 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 like I guess it's easier for me for, for like not really having to worry about like my dependence and things like that, right? Like if you're a guy that has like three kids or something like that, then maybe you have to worry about it a little more than I do. And I understand that I'm sensitive yeah. to these things, but it's like if you're a man out in the world and you're just by yourself dolo and your company starts putting some bullshit on you, it's like you gotta have the balls to stand up to these people. The, the, the reason why yeah. you lose is because you think you're alone. You think there's no collective of people like that. Like, you can inspire so many people to do, to resist as well if you do it. 
you know? And so that's kind of the reason that we got here is they taught men that like a little bit of more, a little bit of money is more important than what you believe in. You know, I was talking to some police officers the other day. I got surrounded by four of them over a mask, you know, and they were like, put it on, put it on. So I'm not putting it on, you know, and they're like, we don't want to, we don't want to do this. We don't, but we don't have a choice. I said, bullshit. So this is why the world is. I say, you're a man, you do have a choice. But you decided that you having a $50,000 a year job is worth more than you having an opinion. So you'll do something you don't believe in. So what did they tell you to stick a needle in me? You're going to make me do that too? Even though you don't believe in it, this is how shit falls apart. This is why they can censor people. This is why they can cancel people. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm not telling everybody to go out there and be a rebel and be like me and risk things like me, but I'm just telling you that's my mindset. My mindset is if I believe in something, I'm going to do it. If I don't believe in something, I'm not going to do it. And that's why I said I don't attach myself to too many beliefs because I want to die for the things that I believe in. And if something conflicts with me as a man, I'm not going to do it. I don't care. I'm going to stand strong and you can try to take money from me, you can take whatever, because those things don't define me as a person. I know if you take money from me, I can make it back. I know you You can try to, like, I've had issues with the building that I live in. You know, like, it's crazy. It's actually, it's actually crazy what you could do if you just stand up, right? Like my building, yeah. before there was ever any mandatory mask mandate or whatever, was like, oh, like we're gonna fine you a hundred dollars every time you leave your apartment building without a mask. And that's the rules for everybody in this building, except me. Why? Because I told them, no, I'm not doing it. And there's no way I'm gonna pay and if you email about it, I'm gonna fine you. I said I'm not paying you a goddamn thing. Um, and if you try to do it, what I'm gonna do is take legal action and I'm going to tell the person that I'm bringing this place from that I'm going to stop paying rent. No evictions in Florida right now. You can explain to them why in the middle of a pandemic when people are struggling to pay the bills, you have this one guy that's consistent and able to pay his bills. They're not paying him anymore. So, you know, it's crazy to me that everybody in this building lets some little $30,000 a year office worker decide what they're going to do. I didn't do that. And so now I'm the only person in my building that don't have to wear a mask. You know? So it's like you may not think it's a big deal or whatever, but everything... Everything matters. Your man, everything matters. I, the one thing I can't do is live incongruent with my beliefs. If I believe something, I have to act on it. And that translates into everything. So for me, and, and maybe maybe you don't want to um, take drastic measures. And you're not willing to do that. So it's like, okay, well, you have to work to get out of the situations to where people can tell you what to do. I didn't work my whole life for people to start telling me what to do. You know, and... If you're in a situation like that where you feel like you're censoring yourself, you're being less of a man, either you need to step up and say what you feel or you need to work your way out of it so that you can express yourself fully. And I think that trying to, I think that's been one of the worst things that's happened to men is everybody cares more about their safety and their finances than what they actually believe in as a man. And I can't do that because... I studied Thoreau. I studied Emerson. I know what it means to be an American. You know, Thoreau said that you know, in a world that imprisons people unjustly, the only place for a just man is prison. You know, so yeah. I mean, I don't want to go to jail, but <laughs> you know, like I just have to stand up. I have to stand for what I believe in. You know, when I believe that, um, when I believe that there was a terrorist attack in the U.S., I went to Iraq. When I figured out that the army was bullshit, I walked away from it, even though they threatened to ruin my life. And they still gave me an honorable discharge. I find that every time I resist something that I don't believe in, things work out. 
works so, out. And, and everybody's like, how'd you do that? Yeah. I'm like, I just didn't let them walk all over me. That's it. You know, and so we live in a world where it's like, men are afraid to fight back. And that's the issue, you know? And then we got guys like Kyle Rittenhouse, shout out to him. I had to throw that shout out in there. Yeah. But like, you know, we got guys that'll stick up and fight back against the system. And, and, and honestly, we live in a world where that's more important than ever. It's just the truth of the matter. Yeah, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why we have such uh, depression rates and dysfunction in the male as a whole in our society is because we've lost sight of those values and the things that inherently make a man feel spiritually sound. And feel right, like, what do we just talk about? Themselves. Your subconscious mind um, knows what you're supposed to do. Right? If you know truth and you yeah. ignore it, you're opening yourself up to a world of torture. I can't do that. Exactly. I think that's a great point to finish on. So thank you so much again. Round two, people oh have heard round one, uh, but I'm sure we will have... Hey, who knows? We, hey, yeah, we, we got to see sure if we can record it. <laughs> we might have to do round three. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking to ourselves again. <laughs> Fingers crossed that doesn't happen, but Lobo, thank you so much for joining me on the Soulcast. I'm sure we'll do this again. Um, thanks for sharing your wisdom and I'm sure people will, will get a lot out of this. Yes. Um, uh, I'm happy about this. I think, we, I think we got some good stuff for that. You didn't get We didn't actually really repeat anything that we talked about last time. So that's pretty cool. We gave you guys all new stuff. Yeah. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I'll be back on Twitter sometime soon and hold it down.